Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic fave, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today is a true pop music historian and a contributing writer to the Singles Jukebox, one of my favorite music websites, it's Will Adams. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. It is very rare that I have a true expert <laughs> on the pod, about in any field whatsoever, myself included, but the your breadth of musical knowledge and depth is truly staggering, and I'm we have a I would not to spoil things, but a pretty musically themed episode today. Yeah. Um, anytime someone like asks me, so what are your interests? What do you do? And I'm, like, I'm just like, music. Yeah. It's, like, it's my job. It's my, it's my uh, side hustle. It's not a side hustle, but like, yeah, anything music, I'm there. So one thing I've noticed so far is that this music, this year has been really, really good for like alt rock albums, indie rock albums so far. Mm. Singles, I feel like we have yet to have like a really iconic single from any genre, but I'm curious if you feel differently. Yeah, as, as far as um, singles, it's, it's kind of been sort of a slow start. Albums, I've, there's a couple that I've enjoyed from the past uh, two months. Um, Mitsuki was great. The Utah mm-hmm. Hikaru album was great. Foxes was was really good <laughs> foxes is fantastic and we've yeah. t- we talked about this a few weeks ago on the pod but like that's not getting enough attention from like the blogosphere or like just social media like people are really sleeping on that yeah i would i would say so yeah and it's it's been out for, for like 10 days at this point but still yeah. I, even with all the run of singles that led up to it that started last year i thought the singles were fantastic and so um I, I thought that would have generated like lots of hype I mean, yeah. like it did for me but <laughs> no, I like you would think something that is maybe this is heretical to say but like pretty close in quality and sound to me as like Emotion by Carly Rae Jepsen would be getting more hype but like I don't I don't I don't get it maybe it's just because she's not as like beloved as, as a name yeah, I think uh, on, the, on that tier, I think she, she definitely fits into that sort of tier of uh, pop girlies who whom the gays stand and want, like, are, are sort of rooting for as sort of an underdog, like, oh, they're so underrated. Um, but I think she's, I guess, in more of like a B, B tier where you'd say, like, I guess Carly is like the ultimate A tier. Yeah, A tier within, like, what is in broader culture <laughs> probably like a b minus tier <laughs> oh yeah exactly but there's uh it's just sort of like moving goalposts for like like saying like oh like this this is the most iconic artist ever she's great and it's like someone you you ask a, a random person on the street and they're like who yeah they're like who's tanache like we, <laughs> we we don't know her and then um, when then the- you go on a 10 minute diatribe like how dare you to disrespect me yeah oh yeah i could do <laughs> 
I could do a 15 year uh, or 15 year, I'm sorry, a 15 year <laughs> the diatribe on Tanache. 15 years is pushing it. Yeah. Um, the pop song that I've really, really gravitated towards, and I feel like calling it a pop song is almost a disservice because it's 12 minutes, but um, God, what's it? Why can't I remember that? Oh, Somewhere Near Marseille by Hikaru Utada is yes. an opus. Like, it's, it's so beautiful. Um, everyone needs to dive deeper into that album. I think I listened to it once or twice, but um, yeah, I think they're great. And um, yeah, just what a what a gorgeous, um, just extended pop adjacent song idea, I'd say. Yeah, like I usually have a tough time with songs over like four and a half minutes, just because my brain is so like mushified at this point <laughs> by like the conventional pop song but that song I, I could go on for another 12 and I would get sick of it I think it's just it's such a good slow build that's still like immediately encapsulate or like enrapturing like from the start it's perfect yeah it, it's great and I I just have like a, a, a soft spot in my heart for those types of tracks that are just these like really long extended drawn out things um yeah. I think it's comes from you know, growing up, I mean, and I still love, really love like electronic and like trance music. So I like grew up listening to all these like extended mixes, nine minute mixes, mm-hmm. these like Sarah McLachlan trance remixes that are like 12 oh minutes God. long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite genre. Um, yeah, no, that's great. Some of that Sarah McLachlan stuff is pretty trance adjacent in the first place, too. Like Possession, which is one of my favorite mm-hmm. songs of hers, is like, pretty close to like straddling with the trip hop trance divide yeah for sure yeah uh, all right well let's move on to we do have a, a very musical edition of my first segment uh go call the governor on deck so mm-hmm. i'm going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and or ancient history by ancient history i mean like two weeks ago and you're mm-hmm. going to decide whether or not the governor needs to be called there are no wrong answers here, but your choice is binary. Does the governor need to be called or not? Okay. Cool. Wow, binaries. Uh. Uh, on this podcast, <laughs> we, we only reinforce that one binary. No gray areas and when the governor's involved. So first scenario, Liam Gallagher is feuding with Damon Albarn again. Direct quote, all those gorilla albums are co-writes in it. If that's impenetrably like Manchester accent, I can repeat that too. <laughs> it is, I, I feel like I have like a one in three chance of understanding what either Gallagher twin is saying at any given time. Um, uh, don't call the government. Is this, is this related to the Taylor Swift thing or? He, yeah, Liam weighed in like a month late. <laughs> Well, he had to, to wait. You know, like, you know, really... I've seen someone on Twitter describe Liam Gallagher as like the straight male Azalea Banks, and I don't <laughs> think that's like one hundred percent off. Yeah, but yeah, I say, I'd say, I'd say, yeah, don't call the governor because it's again a month late, and it's just like we're we're so past this. It's like when I yeah. see. I see celebrities posting like the "That's not my name" TikToks, and it's like that sailed, honey. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah, I'll just say, um, still really like Plastic Beach. So, 
Plastic Beach, yeah. classic <laughs> album. I love Damon Albarn. I really, I don't think he knew what he was talking about when he picked. So like for context, like I guess a month and a half ago at this point, Damon Albarn dragged Taylor Swift or thought he was doing something by saying that she doesn't write her own songs. Like all of her stuff is co-writes, which is, if we know one thing about Taylor Swift for sure, it's that he, she writes her own music. So, and he got the dragging of a lifetime from the Swifties. Um, yeah, the Swifties are relentless. They, uh, they, they blew up Plastic Beach. It's really sad. <laughs> no, shrapnel everywhere. <laughs> like, yeah. um, one of the cartoons is bleeding out on the sand, <laughs> a sad day. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I really love Damon Albarn. I, Gorillaz is like an awesome band. And I saw him live in Serbia eight years ago at this point, which makes me feel really old. Um, and it was like one of the best sh- live shows I've ever been to. Like he did all the Blur hits, like a lot of Gorillaz albums. I think he had a solo album out at that point too. It was like great, mm. great show. Love him, wish he would stop talking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, it was something when he said that it was just so off base and like just so just detached from reality and it was just like I couldn't even be mad because I'm just like yeah you just, you just clearly just don't know what you're talking about so it's not worth getting like up in arms over it and I don't really mind co-writes in the first place yeah. if a song is good it's good like it doesn't I don't really care who wrote it as much yeah. like one of my favorite pop songs of the year so far, Naked in Manhattan by Chapel Rowan, which just dropped on Friday. It's incredible. If people haven't checked it out, go check it out. Um, it was written not by her, but like by Dan Nigro, who wrote like dri- co-wrote Driver's License, like mm-hmm. So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings by Caroline Polachek. Like that guy has range. Yeah. And he's just like, you know, he's working with all these like female singer songwriters. And I don't think that's like a bad thing. Like if you're working with a distinctive writer and essaying their stuff and making it your own, like I don't see what's what the harm is in that. Yeah. Or and it, and, it not, and also just pushing that writer that you're working that you're working with to maybe explore new things. And like we see the difference between when Taylor is working with Max Martin versus Jack Antonoff and or with Ed Sheeran. It's um yeah, I think it's just collaboration I think it's just really important actually this helps to bring more stuff out of people more cooks in the kitchen like you get a new like flavor of (laughs) whatever artist like think of all the producers and co-writers that Lana's worked with over the years like she's done all like it's all within the same like general tempo but like all of her albums have very different genre mood feels to them because like of the people she's working with like definitely her voice is still there yeah. all right let's move on to next scenario honey wands does the governor need to be called honey wands a honey wand is that thing the honey that cheerio b carries that wooden <laughs> thing yeah you know what i'm talking about that wooden thing that you always see in like TikTok food videos and the oh. honeybee, the honey nut Cheerio bee holds one and no one actually uses them in real life because like, why would you have that in your house? Yeah, I'm not a fan of like single use, like cooking 
appliances or yeah. like things or tools that literally only do one thing. Um, and it's like, it's, I'm trying to think of other examples. Like a, like a garlic press. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like a garlic press or like a, um, or like, I don't even know. I'm struggling to come up with, but there's, there's yeah. like a whole class of sort of like gimmicky uh, kitchen gadgets that are like, Oh, this will be able to shred an onion. And, but this is the only thing that can, it can milliseconds. Do. Like yeah. it, those to me at least have like some sort of like measurable functionality to me. I feel like the honey one, you are just getting honey all over all over everything you own yeah i'm, I'm that honey's on flying Google that, that <laughs> and it just looks like a nightmare to clean like you're dealing with honey already you have all these little like grooves and stuff like no no I, no so i guess i would call the governor because they need to be um alerted to this um this nuisance yeah making our kitchens and solar tables Circle <laughs> top shake completely <laughs> sticky from the honey one. I like yeah. I feel like I've been seeing them more and more on TikTok with the um twee revival that's been going down right now. Like all mm. these new girlies with like the 80 or the 50s housewife dresses are like making things the old fashioned way and just like whipping these honey wands around like for like pound cakes and stuff. And I'm like, why do you I would not want to, to own it. Like, where are you getting the honey? Where are you having a receptacle with that much honey that you need to stick the wand in to begin with? Like, I just have one of those little bears. Yeah, I think the, the, bear is all, the bear is all you need. And as far as I'm concerned, the only person or only person, only uh, entity that is allowed to have the, the stick is the Honey Nut Cheerios bee. Exactly. Yeah. That's his totem. It's his birthright. And we yeah. can't, it's elegantly cultural for him to have it. But like, yeah. And he's an icon and we have to stand. We have to stand. The Megan trainers of TikTok don't need it. <laughs> All right. Last scenario Grimes's album Visions turns 10. Does the governor need to be called? I think so. Yeah. Um, so the governor can have a parade in the I'm not quite as familiar with that album. I mean, I've, I've definitely checked it out in the past, but I know that it's like very formative and very evocative. Yeah, evocative it's, of a very specific era. <laughs> like, yeah, and I, admittedly, I think when that 2012 is such an interesting year because it's when it's when I started writing for the single street box and it really started to dive deep into just pop music and and just listening to just a whole mm -hmm. different amount of stuff. And so that was, for a while, this was a sort of transitioning period from going to like all the usual habits of just sticking with the artists I liked and, and following that into being exposed to like stuff from around the world, stuff that um, was in a completely different genre that I was liking. Um, so I think I remember when I, when, what was it, Genesis? Yeah, I think we reviewed Genesis video. <laughs> and um, uh, the Genesis, we, like we reviewed Genesis and I was like, I don't get this. But I think look, looking back now and especially just thinking about Grimes uh, as an entity and what the 
roller coaster, final destination roller coaster that her career has been on um, the past 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really interesting thing. Like from there, this, you sort of see the stepping stones from that to um, Art Angels and in reality to Art Angels to yeah. whatever the past three years. Because reality been. definitely was like the bridge between those two eras. Like, yeah. I'm also not as well versed in visions as I am in art angels and misanthropocene to like a slightly lesser extent. Um, mm-hmm. Just because a lot of the songs are pretty inaccessible. Yeah. In some ways, like, I mean, it's the whole album was recorded on GarageBand. And, you know, the stuff that like people remember from that album, like Genesis and Oblivion are great and sound pretty like of a piece with everything else she would release later on but like a lot of that album is like lo-fi to the point where it's like not as like fun to listen to it yeah not saying that that's a bad thing necessarily like in like there's there's a lot of lo-fi stuff that I love like genuinely love but yeah it's it's more of like a transitional work than I think people kind of think it is. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. And um, yeah, but I think there's there's something about her work that in, like overall her sort of her style that is that's sort of appealing to me is that there are these sounds and things that are a bit off, off the beaten mm-hmm. path. It sounds like when you listen to something like Flesh Without Blood, it's at its core sort of like a pop rock song but there's yeah. all these different sounds and like things you wouldn't expect I mean, even something as recent as um player of games which is mm-hmm. just basic uh, sort of a straightforward trance pop but there's these, these little elements like these little snare fills and these just even just the 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 percussion sounds that are used that sort of give it this this slightly off-center uh quality yeah. which i really enjoy she's very good at taking traditional pop forms and warping them so they're like recognizable but not quite i i don't want to use this phrase i've been dancing around it but like it is like kind of uncanny valley pop music Mm. in a lot of ways and she's definitely one of the progenitors of it um i haven't loved her recent stuff as much like player of games is not my favorite grime song Mm. like shinigami eyes i like more but I definitely think she's tr- this like deviant art <laughs> aesthetic era that she's doing is very. I-, I don't know what she's trying to do with it, but I'm going to hear her out. But I'm like she- she's out. lost me a lot the past few years with like the Elon stuff. Oh yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that- trying to listen to Miss Anthropocene and like the last one like. I adore you about like the song about how oh, I love you so much. And I'm just like, and I don't yeah. want to think about who this is about. Probably. I'm but, not um, like, yeah, I, I'm not like a huge fan of that album. Like just cause I just don't like art angels is so good mm-hmm. and gets at exactly like what she wants to do. I think in a perfect world so well that like anything that's, that's come after that's just hard to top. Um, yeah. But I think she's like a, I mean, she's a fascinating like artist worth talking about for sure. And like the proliferation of pieces about visions, you know, it makes sense to me. Like, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I mean, 2012 yeah. is just going to be like a, a hit parade of yeah. all of these retrospectives coming up. And I just, I, I don't know. It makes me feel ancient, but it is oh, really God. exciting to revisit <laughs> all these albums that I have not listened to in full for like five or six years. Mm. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. And we are back. Let's move on to this episode's cultural emergency. Will, what are you rushing to the ER today? Today I am rushing to the ER. Slut pop. Because it's terrible. It's <laughs> terrible. Oh, goodness. A gracious. real disappointment. Are you, so let's get, go back to the beginning. Are you a Kim Petras fan? Um, I wouldn't say a, a fan. I, when she first came around, this, this was probably like 2017. Mm-hmm. I think the first song I just was I Don't Want It At All. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, there was something about it that really, I guess, appealed to me in a sort of nostalgic way. The idea that I was hearing this sort of very shiny, uh, well put together, um, just um, expensive sounding pop music that harkened back to earlier in the decade and obviously elephant into the room a very specific sound that being dr luke's sound yeah and um there was something about that that appealed to me i didn't like too many of other other songs um and then later i think in 2018 was when heart to break came out which is i think just a fantastic pop song and so i was sort of following her and and she was sort of just really steadily just like putting out one single after another the same sort of that sort of art neon art style with yeah like with the, like the bun the bun yeah yeah and after a while sort of I just the interest sort of waned I think it was just around the time when that first Halloween album thing came out yeah. and then when she started doing the rollout for her first like proper album Clarity I just it just wasn't as into the the songs. Yeah, that I I had a pretty similar trajectory to you too. Like the Halloween EP, the first one was when I started losing a little interest because I genu- generally don't enjoy like gimmicky music or mm. like com- like comedy songs and stuff. And like the the Halloween EP, they were like decently well crafted, but. I mean, it has no replay value outside of the month of October. Yeah, the um, and and then both of the, I guess there's a sort of a deluxe version or a new a second one released a few years later. Yeah, I think I think for me it was both the sort of yeah yeah with with and with you the sort of the gimmickiness of it, um, which kind of is a problem that we continue to see with slap pop, but I think also it's at this point when the sort of Dr. Luke production style, that sort of complex, complex tro thing is something you'd hear back in like 2010. So, and so I just feel like I can just listen to some like EDM songs from there, like Wolfgang Gartner or something like yeah. that and get the fix. Um, and I think there's, I think there's something a bit sort of w- just with the time, timing of everything, because this was at the point when Dr. Luke was really start really starting to come back into the fold as yeah. a major player, as a songwriter, producer. This is during this time we see Doja Cat really rise. Yep. TikToks becomes like the hugest thing and one of like, maybe not the first trend. I'm probably like aging myself by not being a 
TikTok historian, but no, you're, like, you're like, I'm, but like no, no one in this Zoom chat right now is a TikTok historian, so don't worry. In good company, but then like outside of say maybe Old Town Road, like Say So became one of like the hugest yeah. sort of pop smash crossover like songs that was boosted by TikTok and became like a number one single for weeks and weeks yeah. and weeks. The I, for those who are not maybe aware dr luke is a producer of classic pop songs like teenage dream um tiktok uh god why can i only think of two songs like he's done california girls yeah so like sort of basically shaping all of like kesha's first kesha um, career the whole katie teenage perry. dream album yeah katie perry he did i kissed a girl too like he he yeah like since you've been gone by kelly clarkson like he's yeah, done so, a million things that we all love yeah he he's he started out i guess as a he was a guitarist in the snl band and eventually sort of linked up with max martin that's how you get things like since you've been gone and then he goes on to do forever the veronica's who knew by yeah. pink you have this like great um like sort of pop rock songs and then he sort of pivots to doing this like really flashy electro pop yeah which in the 20 2008 and then that carries him and then he just becomes a household name it and was then, a pretty seamless pivot during that era too mm-hmm. like because i mean he really like you can make a pretty strong argument that he defined the sound of mainstream pop for a solid like seven or eight years Definitely. but he is an alleged rapist of Kesha in a suit that's ongoing right now. Yeah, and a suit that's been going on for the for most of the 2010s decade, yeah. basically from sort of the die young era forward. Uh, there, I, there, I would actually recommend a great piece by um, Richard Hay. Um, it's on Junkie, but it's, okay. the, it's called um, How Do We Solve a Problem Like Dr. Luke? And I think it really gets at um, sort of the problem that we face now because he's just everywhere now um yeah i mean like, kim petras definitely trojan horsed him back into the cultural conversation because like i mean doja cat did too to an extent but she's signed to his label imprint on rca that also houses uh if memory serves Becky G and Kesha still like Kesha's still on that label, which is because his contracts are like decades long, basically. Yeah. And it's, it's really, it's a really complex issue when we start talking about the sort of the legal requirements, all these contracts. Yeah. Um, so, and obviously it's, it's somewhat of a contentious issue, but. Um, it's, but it's argue it's, per, it's, arguable that he should not be making music right now or be allowed to make music and he is on so many credits right now between kim doja who has like disavowed working with him functionally Mm -hmm. um but he's also doing stuff with like sweetie lotto like a lot of these like he's he's pivoted into a very specific sector of like female driven rap right now that it's yeah. so different from what he was doing that I think it's been easy for him to like sneak back in. in yeah, way. I mean, there's there's sort of a, there was a sort of time, I think in the middle of 2010s when he was a little bit quieter, even then he'd be popping up places yeah. like Nick, with Nikki and another 
things like that. So it's just and been. He yeah. has like a songwriting, um, like or like a publishing imprint too called Prescription Songs. That's pretty right. prevalent in LA, and a lot of the writers from that camp get um, pretty prominent like writing credits on a lot of the major pop albums from the past five six years. So he's still getting a pretty steady stream of income. Um, but Kim, I feel like, has become the avatar for a lot of like his recent resurgence, but also like a lot of like the vitriol against him that's going on right now. Yeah. And I think it, this, and this tends to happen. I feel like it, this tends to happen where every time sort of a big Dr. Luke co-written, co-produced song comes out, there's this sort of little uh, flash fire on Twitter or saying like, oh God, I can't believe this person is working with Dr. Luke. Mm-hmm. There is something about slut pop that really, I think, rubbed people the wrong way and I think just listening to it and so I I, like I I feel like there's two sort of vectors in my mind um of why slut pop is terrible first is sort of just the the whole Dr. Luke of it all yeah the other thing is that it's just terrible yeah like (laughs) it's just bad like the the Apple music description for it of the album is an unabashed but empowering slice of Euro dance. I don't know what's unabashed or empowering about it. It's, it's literally like six lonely Island songs in a row. And it's, and and it's just, um, it seems somewhat cynical. It seems somewhat like sort of dead eyed, like, there's she just repeats these like phrases and catchphrases but it's not believable it's not convincing it doesn't really tell me anything about her other than that she's noticed this sort of uh hypersexual hyperpop adjacent um sound that maybe people like Slater or Aisha Erotica are doing and said "Ooh, I can do that yeah and to be clear like Aisha Erotica and Slater are doing this much better with so much more wit throatzilla aside most of this is <laughs> like go listen to like one aisha erotica song and then listen to slut pop and it's like faulkner versus like me writing with my left hand it's not it's there's no comparison yeah that's that's the thing there's there's just no sense of humor in it at all and, and i know you've, you've you've talked about like sort of we've talked about like sort of the gimmicky things yeah and i think like that she's done in the past that kim has done in the past but there's just no sense of humor of that in this there's no sort of like funny lines there's no sort of and and, and it's not and even then there's as you mentioned throatzilla like slater doesn't always get this right that um that one song daddy as fuck where she just yeah. sings it over for two and a half minutes and it's like this is not a song no um but she's she's done it better and at least even then the production and the sound is at least interesting to listen to. This is such slap hop is such like, uh, it's, it says it's as if like Dr. Luke wants to dip his toe into hyper pop, but he's like afraid to, or like yeah. doesn't care to, or like doesn't think he has to. And so it's the, the sounds of it is it's sort of this kind of stale electro pop. I think I listened to it again, which, um, today which in preparation for this which made my day worse um i would only say the last song your wish is my command is the only track that really starts to scratch up something it's it kind of sounds sort of 
swish swish Maya Jane Coles type yeah. um, thing. And it's 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 one of the only ones where it really like is actually trying to communicate a message. And it is sort of like a sexual message, but it's and the rest is just like meme meme pop. Yeah, it, it is meme pop, but like yeah, you can it's pretty clear like she's trying to riff on themes of you know bimbovic bimbofication, like the yossification of culture right now, right. which is like something that people have been talking about ad nauseum. But like you said dead-eyed earlier, and that really hits at a lot of what I don't like about it. Like there's just no genuine sense of wit or fun to it. Like, and it just it's so pandery to a very specific kind of gay guy. <laughs> Not to like be too reductive here, but like it, it like it it really is like kind of it's background music for gay sluts in a fun way (laughs) like that that's a fun thing to be but like there so much of other pop music is also specifically designed to be background music for gay sluts why settle for this yeah like why settle for this whatever the hell this sort of like it's distorted distorted like erica jane whatever (laughs) exactly it's very like reality tv music like it's very erica jane like it's very like have you heard any of um manila luzon's music from drag race yeah it's very that like the beats just sound so cheap and they really only work within the context of the tiktok like i found myself earlier today um getting pushed like song or, or like tiktok's using treat me like a slut and triple x both of which i think when you isolate you know the core like meme chorus of the songs sort of work in that context but like when you extend it to like a full-length song which is also pushing it because the longest song on this track is your wish is my command which is still under three minutes like yeah the rest of these are like two yeah two and a half minutes at best they're they're not fully fledged concepts it's just the concept is like look how naughty i'm being and like which can get you far like cupcake has made a career out of making like raunch rap that still it has like actual like wit to it yeah I I i was thinking about cupcake today too because I mean, different different genre, but I think it's the same thing. But with her, she's just so over the top. She has all these like punchlines comparing like dicks to volcanoes or whatever, or Squidward's yeah. nose Squidward or something. Nose, yeah. And um, and like it's just so over the top, and it, it's it's so it's and so impactful, and she sells it so well, which is why we have all these now all these like cupcake remixes going left and right of like her like vagina song being remixed into all these different i saw it's one I, there's so one funny there's one i saw where it's the the scene where tyra banks yells at tiffany but it's been edited with like uh with like cupcake lines so yeah like smack my ass like a drum or whatever yeah <laughs> when you go to poppy you lay down at night <laughs> but it's it's funny and again it's funny and it's just but she's and she's great and she's just a, a, such a personality and this, she has variety too like yeah. you listen to her full-length projects and mixtapes and they're 
there are ideas there and she puts in some serious stuff like the beats are different this is like slip pop is sonic wallpaper like it's it's one idea that wasn't even that great to begin with just done seven times yeah that's the other thing it really starts to bleed together and and just become extremely repetitive and i guess that's the point but it's just so uh it's just it was just exhausting to listen to and the whole thing is like 15 minutes long calling it euro dance feels very well it's definitely a misnomer like there are a lot of really exciting artists working within i guess like a resuscitated euro dance scene right now like I mean, Grimes, you can make that argument. Like, Betel and yeah. is doing really cool stuff within that. Like, Sophie Tucker has been doing some yeah. interesting dabblings in that. Like, you, you could you could even say Ava Max as far as sort of like a, someone who's more mainstream. You know what? You definitely <laughs> could say that. I would love, you know, let's elevate her because Ava yeah. Max is using, like, she's sampling within yeah. an inch of her life, but she's doing it pretty artfully. Like, my head, my heart is a fantastic pop song that really like um i mean all around the world is an old chestnut at this point yeah. <laughs> in terms of like i mean just like the entire history of dance music but like she really made it sound very like new yeah and, and it's 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 yeah it's just again there's there's something appealing about her i don't always love her stuff but there's something that's so it's like against sort of, sort of dramatic like things like uh kings and queens that just like it's just you don't really get pop music that really sounds like this no. much anymore she doesn't always hit but i think her references are really good and she i think she has very similar taste to a lot of the like the gay pop-minded audience mm. and she i i don't know i would let it'll be interesting to see if she like gets more of a voice with her or like more of an original voice with some of her newer releases because you can every single Ava Max song has a reference in it even dating back to like Sweet But Psycho like that has like a I think an uncredited poker face interpolation which <laughs> you know what are you talking about original she's original as fuck have you seen her asymmetrical blonde hair well it's gone now she's like redhead now she was on drag race as a guest uh judge <laughs> like i can't even recognize you no like when it's a different color that cut is unrecognizable and then now she's doing the she's done the same color but she's now just cut it into like a shaggy bob like she looks like Haley williams <laughs> which is i don't know it's an unrecognizable pivot like i would not be able to pick ava max out of lineup without the max cut so um no godspeed we do stand you on this podcast but (laughs) i i'm not saying that like slept pop would be improved if there was like a labouche sample on it but like there needs to be something like if she's gonna do this route not like lyrically but like production wise like let's we gotta make this seem a little bit more imaginative yeah it's like hard to break is such an innovative cool pop song yeah and even something which was i guess this was the whole slap pop thing was somewhat foreshadowed with coconuts which i also don't like it's yeah. more of a song but it's just it's still just like this sort of again it's just this the whole sort of trying to like riff on this sort of 
cock destroyer aesthetic and i'm just like it's just like and that's that was tired two years ago and now like they're like broken up they're not a thing anymore (laughs) they've been broken up for almost two years now like it's it's just so dated to like play on these tropes like this i can't believe we made it this far without talking about coconuts coconuts is one of my least favorite songs (laughs) of the past few years like i for the exact same reason that slut pop yeah is so bad but the product that like disco production is so stale and that's just like a classic dr luke production like you could make any lyric over that beat and it it would be like unintelligible from any other dr luke production of the past like five six years yeah it's depressing because she she is capable of pretty good music but the last kim song that i 100 liked is from like 2019 and that was yeah. three years ago at this point so yeah <laughs> it's, uh, let's let's speed it up a little bit but yeah and maybe sort out maybe don't make uh, this dead-eyed music about being like treat me like a slut when you're working with someone who's an alleged abuser and yeah. then also referencing Lady Gaga that was the uh, another thing that people really yeah. pointed out there's one of the songs like name drops lady gaga and for those who don't know there's um lady gaga testified in court she was in a deposition against dr luke and uh, later said that it was really traumatic yeah um to do that so i think that was another people thing that people really reacted negatively to and that like listen to the line again it like doesn't make sense the line no it doesn't like, because <laughs> like if you're you know, a lot of this is like structured like punchline rap, but there are no punchlines there. It's like the the idea and cadence of a joke, but none of the actual humor. Or like if she's trying to go for like camp, like which everyone's trying to do these days, like she's stop looking doing camp, it. She's looking like, camp right in the eye. Essentially, like she's like staring at it, like staring daggers at it, and it's not it's it's limp it's lifeless like it's just it's so hard to like see a pop release get like it it, this has been like pretty well received i think by a lot of the twitter roddy let's say Mm. and i think that is mystifying to me like yeah it's it's we don't say this word on this podcast very often but it's basic like (laughs) It's, it's very basic to ultimate yeah the ultimate condemnation wow. you have a low bar for being pandered to yeah that's, that's a that, I, mean, I think that was a good summary basic yeah <laughs> um let's hope she improves inshallah she improves okay yeah. let's move on to our final segment tear the community apart <laughs> so we may have done this a lot already this episode, but I think this should be pretty easy here. The rules are very simple. I've picked two songs and you're going to tell me which one is better. God. Okay. <laughs> so I've picked two blog house staples that are having inexplicable TikTok revivals right now, but I'm very happy about both of them because I love, love, love both of these songs. Which song is better? The Weekend by Michael Gray or Perfect Exceder by Mason featuring Princess Superstar. Perfect Exceder, without a doubt. 
Yeah, that's, <laughs> there's usually not a right answer, but that was the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh gosh. So great. Love it. I have a playlist that I made um, a year or two ago that um, I call, there's this very specific genre that I, I like to classify as obnoxious banger. Yeah. And it's just a lot of um, sort of house electro dance pop from usually from usually from like 2007 to um sort of maybe 2014 it, it's not yeah. constrained to a certain year but it's very specific it's just like, like something obnoxious about the production or the hook or like the the vocal is very sort of bratty and snotty and that was one that i was like this is it and um <laughs> we'll put an erica jane song off there too <laughs> yeah well erica jane has a few a few bops like it had, we'll give her a little bit of credit with that like yeah but yeah oh yeah yeah perfect exceder it was funny i actually was um familiar with the original instrumental song by yeah. mason titled exceder and then when this came along and that was during the era when um the record label uh, ultra was mm-hmm. putting out these like it's if you want like a like flashback like blast from the past just like look up any of those videos from that era where it's they just have sexy ladies like mm-hmm. doing some gimmick and it's the most like pandering like kind of terrible thing and then the video for this when it's these three hot ladies doing gymnastics, doing gymnastics. The <laughs> and they all have these like insane like spider oh eyelashes yeah. like that's the thing i always remember like the visors and like the like big like delight eyelashes yeah and, the, and in pretty much all cases it's not even the singer like obviously no. that's not it's just like three like three people it's just like the three hot models that they just have and they just do like <laughs> there's one um what's it called uh d'souza guilty uh, um okay. and it's you samples, need to send me this playlist <laughs> yeah and it samples um uh barbara streisand's song but the video starts off with this <laughs> with this judge with like complete with the white wig but in with glasses like but yeah <laughs> like the sexy lady she's like the court finds you guilty of being outrageously sexy bangs Woo! the gavel and then like the dancers like in jail because oh my god guilty. <laughs> i need to compile it but yeah this whole era of like these just absolutely shameless like oh. gazy videos the it's one iconic. I always think of is the um the let me think about it video, like the Fetty Legrand Ida Core one, yes. where all the they have a bunch of white models in afros, which is not not would not fly today, but they're all playing um the trumpet or like doing like the little like like that's a that's a song. Yeah, that's that song we have to make it into this uh game at some point in the near future. Oh, yeah. But like that video, I always am like it's very like destination unknown to oh like, yeah everyone oh there's gosh. always like a <laughs> sexy little like polo shirt cut off and like the mini skirt and like some sort of prop it's always like a little bit of prop comedy i have a prop yeah nicole kidman in that um that vanity <laughs> fair cover could have fit yeah. right in <laughs> yeah music videos like that's exactly that that's the whole aesthetic that sort of thing oh my gosh i kind of love yeah. it though Mm-hmm. I um no like more things should look like 
that like more things should look like gold frap videos if they're if we're gonna like bring back that whole like early 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 tumblr aesthetic like do the whole thing like yeah there's so much fun referential stuff to draw on that's not just like whatever people think indie sleaze is right now like oh gosh i yeah so i saw like uh, the vibe vibe shift and i was like closing the computer i'm not gonna yeah. do this right now <laughs> i think that piece was there were a lot of really good insights in that piece i thought it was just framed so poorly and i was talking about this to a friend the other day like the reason the indie sleaze thing seems like it's coming back is because it's being propagated by like mid-30s people who <laughs> originated it to begin with mm. and those people don't feel like they can participate in like the pop punk y2k trends because they're like saying this non-judgmentally like aged out right yeah whereas cycling through the early 2010s again and like the late 2000s like that's it's an accelerated cycle but it's one that like they can bring back because they did it the first time right and it doesn't feel quite as like i'm, I'm trying to find a nice word like it doesn't feel like um pandering and it doesn't feel yeah. like like you're like being like what's up fellow kids you know yeah. <laughs> oh gosh I, i'm getting i'm getting there soon uh yeah me no me too like i mean talking oh, about like visions turning 10 earlier this yeah like episode i'm like, turning 10 i'm turning are, 30 this year i'm gonna just i'm just gonna like open to dust like thanos just snapped me or something <laughs> would do the like the full annihilation disintegration like the, like <laughs> like i'm ready to be like beamed up like if uh, i'm gonna get raptured 212 better be playing that's all i gotta say about yeah that. Like, <laughs> play that song on my funeral just doing that like the little like <laughs> like the the jacques green dance in into heaven like saint peter being like hey yeah. hey hey like that's that's what i'd like um <laughs> And I wish God, that on one. Yeah. I wish that on all of God's good creation. Yeah, so. God, God greets you at the pearly gates and says, "Hey, I can be the answer." And he was the whole time. <laughs> yes. and that's great. That's what the song is about. Um, this was fantastic. <laughs> um, thank you so <laughs> much for being here, Will. Um, where can people find you on social media if you'd like to be found? Uh, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and I think on TikTok, I like barely log in. Uh, it's at Liam Walls, L-I-A-M-W-A-L-D-S. It's an anagram of my real name, uh, which is just so clever and iconic. Um, yeah, I, I'm mostly just posting about music um, or just making dumb, dumb jokes. But uh, come check me out. If you <laughs> And I would also like to plug your uh, your writing on the singles jukebox is fantastic and has been for a very long time. And the site itself is very worth going to for any music lover, like especially if you're looking for international finds, that's the place to be. Yeah, I would I would uh, definitely plug the singles jukebox. I've been writing for it for oh my god my 10th year anniversary is coming up this summer um yeah just a fantastic um place you get a variety of different reviews and we just again we do yeah we just cover stuff from around the world k-pop yeah. um stuff from yeah just everywhere and i mean talk about the ukraine not to talk about the ukraine oh my gosh. Like, i mean onuka one of my favorite electronic yeah. acts from the past few years i learned from singles jukebox and i hope that they are 
safe from I know. Oh assault. God. So let's, I'll pivot that. Um, pray, pray for that. <laughs> pray, pray for Anuka. Pray for the nation of Ukraine. Um, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at FKAPigs, on Instagram at Drew Haskins with Z's, and follow the official Crisis Twink accounts at Crisis Twink Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. With that, um, I almost said pray for Ukraine again. I'm going to need to cut that out. So, all right. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.